Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Hello, my name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and welcome to the Family Features Podcast. And today I have the honor of interviewing and having a great conversation with Debbie Elzia. So welcome, Debbie. Hi, nice to be here. I'm so excited about this conversation. This is such a needed conversation about a very sensitive topic, one that you want to be careful if who's listening, if you depending on who you have around, you know, kiddos around, because this is really, really important as we look at our intimacy with our spouses and especially with women, sex, women's sexuality. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you're at. So I'm a romantic, Corey. My passion is helping people stay together, to stay in love, stay passionate and connected. So yeah, so I'm an intimacy uh, counselor for women. I'm a Colorado psychotherapist, but my methods are not really based on therapy because just because a, a, a woman isn't enjoying her sex life or because a couple's having relationship struggles doesn't necessarily mean they need therapy. They may just need skills and mindset changes and a guide. So I use coaching methods to help people, uh, you know, or anywhere and all. And you'll see from my approach as we talk about it, it's different. It's about acquiring, you know, skills and, and shifts and understandings and practices and home play. So it's not, there's nothing wrong with you is what I want to say. It's like, unless, unless your, your sexual issues are rooted in, you know, tra- terrible traumas and things like that. If you struggle in this area, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that sp- female sexuality in particular is complicated. And we're going to talk, you invited me to talk about the seven things that women need for great sex and love lives. And I say, these are more for the long-term relationships for the long-term and it's for loving intimacy. Anyone can have sex. Animals can have sex. Porn stars have sex. What most women want is lovemaking. We want intimacy. We want to be held and and seen and cherished. And lovemaking is a wonderful bridge to getting that kind of intimacy. Love that. I can't wait to get into that. Tell me, though, how how did you get into this and a little bit about your journey? Yeah, so um, I... I'm happily married to my husband, David, who is wonderful, and I endured a sex-starved marriage. Uh, my my first marriage, um, it was sex-starved. He didn't touch me for literally seven years. Mm-hmm. So I know the pain and loneliness that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, it's also sex is a leading cause of people divorcing. And so years later, and, and I actually have a background in law. I'm, I'm an attorney uh, originally and my wonderful, (laughs) yeah, my beloved husband, David had asked me, I was at a career crossroads and I, um, and he said, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? And we had discovered tantric sacred sexuality in the meantime and such. And I said, you know, what am I interested in? Love, romance, preventing people from divorcing and messing up their kids' lives like my own childhood and my, you know, then of course I went ahead and divorced, right? So, uh, you know, stay, people helping people stay together and such. And I was passionate about that. And then I had a daughter with her own like mental health struggles and such. So I was drawn towards uh, this kind of helping profession and I changed, you know, careers later in life. So when 
you get said to that follow word, my passion. Yeah, and you said that word t- tantric. Um, a lot of Christians, especially, kind of shy away and they get scared of that. But I remember in our conversation we had the other day, you mentioned how in your training, um, everyone seemed to be so focused on sex being this high, this crazy thing you do, this this almost drug, and how you saw it different. You're like, no, this is about intimacy and deeper relationships. And I remember, I love mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, that's right. I said, you said you have a hard time getting guests to speak on your show about sexuality because the values are often not aligned with your Christian audience. And I said, I I hear you because I've done a lot of my sex uh, and intimacy training in Berkeley, California. And (laughs) it's a very, you know, the heart of the sex positivity community. And at one point I got up in a room full of, I don't know, 130 people or something. And I said, you know, you, you, you're so focused on not shaming anything to do with sex when it, except when it comes to married and monogamous sex, which you call the fairy tale. Oh gosh, that's crazy. The fairy tale. Well, if you want the fairy tale, and I was like, you know what? I, I just think that a lot of this, a lot of the sex positivity people are kidding themselves in a way because they want, you know, women to experience sexual empowerment by going out there and screwing around and, you know, sowing wild oats and um, exploring and having many partners and, and, um, you know, treating sex as a sport in many ways, right? Especially if you embrace things like porn, because if, you know, that that's become the de facto sex ed, Right. Sex education. That's where most people get their sex education from. And there's no loving. There's no honoring. There's no cherishing in pornography or in sports. Can I say the F word? (laughs) Yes, I won't. You know what I was going to say? And in sport blanking. So so um, it's such a it's such a disgrace to who we are as people, because it does in the end, it's empty. It's always empty. There is something about two people together for life, but there's a deepening and deepening and deepening of intimacy and friendship that you're not going to find in that other kind of game, if you will. So I love that that's something that you discovered and you started kind of pushing against and going, wait a minute, no, what are you doing here? So that's, that's neat. Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think it it ends up people feeling used Mm -hmm. and, and it also, if sex is good, it floods you with bonding hormones. You want to care about that person. So why not take advantage and create bonding, loving hormones in your own relationship? Because not having sex is not only a cause for like resentment and pain, it's also a lost opportunity of creating this wonderful physical bond that can carry off and over for days, this loving feeling after you've made love. I love that. I love the design of that, the design that God made of how when you have a healthy sexual relationship with your your husband or your wife, it's bonding and it keeps you wanting to come back, not only for more, but it it actually lessens some of our, our other stress hormones. It actually keeps us, you know, connected and I think people miss that. It's more of like something you do versus are in a relationship. Let's go into the, so you have, you have the seven, um, what, seven, what, what is that for women? Well, I believe that women mm-hmm. need seven things to have great lovemaking 
I, over the long term. And I, uh, people oh, are like, how, yeah, things. people are like, how can, how can you say that? How can you say all women need the same thing? And I'm like, look at the list. Right. Which of these, if it was lacking in your love life, would you know, would uh, uh, you know, you you are missing these? You, this you are missing out on this. Which these you know, seven things, by the way, is on your website, moreintimacy.net. And so we'll have links yeah. to the show notes for for that. But yeah, so what's the first one? So the first one that women need is knowledge, right? We need a sex ed that's pleasure based. That's not based upon porn. We have to unlearn that, right? And it's personalized to every woman because every woman is kind of different. You know, (laughs) what turns a a man on? A woman. What turns a woman on? Well, let's think about that. (laughs) Love that, yes. So what does... um, so not only does she need knowledge, I mean, she needs knowledge about her own anatomy. Let's face it. People didn't even know what the clitoris was some years ago. And they only recently discovered that it was not this little bean sized thing, but it's actually the, it has as much erectile tissue as a man's organ. It's just all hidden underneath the surface. Who knew? Yeah. Still do with that. I still have clients who don't know where the, where the clitoris is or what the purpose is. So yes, there's still a very... Yeah, so- which a lack of knowledge. Yeah. So we need to know about, you know, anatomy, turn on arousal cycles. Uh, and then on top of it, what this woman might like, what might you like? Cause you're individual. And then only not only that, but how do you get it from your partner in a way that feels connecting and like, you know, we're in a team together instead of like critical, right? Cause your partner could take it in a very critical way. How do you communicate? Mm-hmm. That's all under knowledge. <laughs> Imagine that alone. We could probably talk about that one for the next few hours, just how big that it, one is knowledge. Any one of these seven topics could easily be a whole segment. So many don't even want to get the knowledge. It's just don't even let me don't invite me there, which is heartbreaking to me. I hear that a lot from from clients. Don't invite me. So into turn off the lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> turn off the lights. Let's get this over with. Right. Which is not the way it was meant to be. Awesome. What's the second one? Uh, I have worthiness and confidence, right? We receive negative messages about our sexuality. It's kind of odd because it's like sex is so taboo. And then once you're married, you're supposed to just know what to do and enjoy yourself. Right. (laughs) So, so you have to sometimes unlearn, you know, negative conditioning about your sexuality and then on top of it, put some confidence in there and people are, you know, um, hard on themselves. Your women feels like so many challenges, like they have to have this perfect body, this perfect relationship, this perfect performance. And at all, at all, at all. Yeah. Learn some self-compassion. You know, your, your, your beloved would much rather have your imperfect body pressed enthusiastically against his than he wants that Instagram model, you know? (laughs) So true. And that gets lost in so many couples because of the lack of conversations the lack of other ways of intimacy, like it's really a lot about the conversations we have as a couple that lead to the then physical intimacy. So like one of the areas I know my wife and I enjoy is that intellectual intimacy. So the conversations that get deep, you know, theological or listening to sermons, but they, it leads to a deeper intimacy and how important that is. Um, but yeah, this so the second one is worthiness and confidence. It's amazing. And that, that leads to worthy. 
the deep conversation that you mentioned, I've put under the category of emotional connection, right? There's a big difference between having sex and making love. There's a, there's a a comfort in, in, in sexuality and an ability to be explorers when you feel safe. So how do you create, this is, this goes back to the relationship. So often to help a woman have a great sex life, we have to go back into the relationship. If there's a lot of conflict and arguing, guess what? You don't feel safe and loving with each other because you're not. (laughs) Well, and I've seen sometimes that they actually will have sex or not even make love, have sex every few days and they hate each other. And I'm like, where did that come from? They disconnected their body from their brain and it's something they just do versus that relationship part so reconnecting that and coming back to not only the knowledge the worthiness and confidence but that emotional connection is absolutely critical and it's not meant to be left out like it's just a physical thing and a lot of times it's because women have been taught to be men basically which is sick that's not how many oh, yeah I hear you. I mean, I'm one of the few, you are, you are, I'm such a great fit for your podcast, I have to say, because I'm one of the few people that will say, I help women understand your man is not like you. He is not a big hairy woman who is misbehaving. <laughs> no, he sees the world through an entirely different lens. And by helping my women understand, oh, I didn't need to take that personal. He was just being a man. He was just... You know, then they they start to build break down walls, mm-hmm. right? Your your man built a wall up because you know you've been hard on him. You've been he's been walking on eggshells mm-hmm. due to the the house, due to something that you said to him, due to you know this or that. He's he's built up his wall, his armor. That's a man's natural state unless he lets a woman into his heart and such. So I teach her intimacy skills about relating to a man in a way that your man really craves you treating him, you know, we have to get rid of the nagging and the mothering yes. and the criticizing criticism in order for him to be, give you this emotional connection that you desire and, and put then, you on a pedestal and adore you. Yes. And then you are the actually most influential person in his life. When you break that wall down, you are the one that can change who he is in ways that no other person can. I think that's bringing out the best in your man. It's like most women, they marry a guy that they, he seems like a prince. And one of two things happen, Corey, he turns into their king or he turns into a toad. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) A good picture. (laughs) Right. It's like, I ask him, what was it? You know, it's like, oh, I have a Facebook group, right? It's very lively Facebook group. So often a woman will vent and say, you know, my husband is a terrible, terrible one-sided post usually. Right. And I'll be like, well, you married him, right? So what was he like at the beginning? And it's like, oh, he was wonderful. And he was wonderful for years often. Then I'm like, he's still that guy. What changed? Mm -hmm. And you can often be like, oh, could it be those years I didn't have sex with him? Oh, could it be that time? You know, when my mother, when his mother-in-law moved in and all that stuff happened, you know what I mean? (laughs) Something changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And how do we go back? Yeah, a lot of crisis in life. A lot of when kids come, things get difficult. And we lose each other. We're not meant to lose each other. We're actually meant to dig in and be closer and be a team with kids. And as health issues come, we need to be closer. You name it, we should be getting closer. Yes, you can't neglect the relationship. Even when life happens, you've yeah. gotta, you got to love your man. you got to love your woman. you got to make that a priority. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you get this emotional connection back? Because emotional connection is often what makes a woman want to have sex. Yes, exactly. 
Yes. And ironically, here's something ironic. And in many relationships, she doesn't want sex because she doesn't feel emotionally connected to him. And he's not being nice and close and romantic. But here's <laughs> the thing. He's not being that way because he's not getting sex and he's frustrated. Yep. He feels rejected. So it's often that somebody needs to go first, right? His heart is not open until his sexual needs are met. Her heart is not open until her emotional needs are met. Wait, her, her body is not open until her emotional needs are met. Yep. And we have this stalemate where, you know, we are just roommates or, you know, conflict and nobody's making love and nobody's lovers anymore. Which if you think of that design, I, I really see it as a design that requires then relationship. It requires that we actually are a team. And so what's happening in our world is a push towards do it with anybody in anywhere in any, any form or fashion, no boundaries. And it's like, no, there are serious boundaries because every couple then will have the things they will and won't do you know, boundaries of what they um, like physically won't do. And I think as you get to know them, you actually mm -hmm. learn how to love them better, which is beautiful. Now, the fourth one is what? Time. Time. Yes. So a couple of, a couple of ways that manifest one is prioritizing your lovemaking and giving it the time, not always being the last thing on your list when yeah. everything else is done, which makes it not likely to happen or the thing you do right at bedtime when you're both exhausted, exactly. right? How do you prioritize your lovemaking? And the other part of that is because a woman's body often responds to slow touch and takes more time. How do you get the pacing so that you are a fully turned on woman. <laughs> so true. So those are two very important that when you do this, like when you put it on the calendar, if you will, don't put it on the calendar, careful with that, but <laughs> don't write sex on the calendar. Maybe have a symbol, but when you plan heart. it, How about a heart? Home, that's great. Um, but it's also the time that it takes. It's the whole idea of women and the wiring that they have of it's a slower kind of on-ramp. And just know Say that if a man, yeah, if a man is a microwave, a woman is a crock pot. Yes. I love that picture. Love that. <laughs> so if, how, how can someone really change the way they're doing it with the time piece? What is it? Oh, many ways. Yeah. Well, one is, you know, if you understand your anatomy and such, and you, you know, you realize, wow, it does take me longer to get in the mood. There's a lot that a woman can do to prime herself to get in the mood. Let's face it. If we come into the bedroom in a busy, busy mind and we're stressed and we're distracted and we're thinking about the laundry and the job and all the other things, I say pity the fool that tries to seduce us. Right. So true. So a lot right? of this really is what's happening in the mind. It's what's happening in the mind. And so she needs down. to then be like, before I show up, why don't I go take a bath, take a walk, you know, clear my head, not scrolling because scrolling is found to not relax you. That's a numbing behavior, uh, right? So don't, don't try to relax yourself with screen time because it's not genuinely working, right? It's the same way as many other aspects of self-care and taking care of yourself, could because you might need to take a little responsibility for let's get me in the mood in advance right. of making love. And you can easily do that when lovemaking is planned. Mm -hmm. yeah. Planned lovemaking is not like some people are like, oh, that's icky. It should be spontaneous. We should just both want to rip each other's clothes off. That doesn't happen in long-term relationships very often, 
right? So that's a recipe for a sex-starved marriage. So what I suggest is that you have planned lovemaking time because anticipation boosts your mood sometimes for days in advance. Like, exactly. ooh, tomorrow's going to be fun, right? You can also get the mood boost and it's uh, in advance and it's much more likely to happen. Yeah, and that whole, oh, it's going to be fun. That's an attitude versus, oh, it's tomorrow. Like the, the heart of the attitude towards the sexual part changes everything. So just seeing it as a positive thing that I'm going to enjoy this with my husband completely changes my body's response, my heart response, my head response, the whole of who I am, which is, I think, a really neat thing, but one that a lot of people don't, don't make those connections. So we have yeah, knowledge. I mean, all this is knowledge, worthiness and confidence, that emotional yeah. connection, time. Now, the next one's interesting. Which one's the what's embodiment? Number? Yeah, what does that mean? Well, a touch it means being in the body because Corey, let's yeah, great lovemaking takes place within our senses, mm -hmm. right? Our, our senses as opposed to up in our busy, busy, distracted heads. Yes, right? Our heads are full of thoughts, distraction, judgment. I always envy <laughs> you men. Right. And, and you men don't realize often how distracted the female brain tends to be. Right. We have a hard time, you know, getting all our extraneous thoughts out and focusing. You men are so fortunate to have this nothing box where you can really just turn off your brain. There's a, there's a great, uh, um, if you look on YouTube under under that, there's a great um, pastor that does a skit on the Dunger. women's. Yeah, Mark Gunger. He, yeah, he does this whole routine on the women's thought patterns are going from here to here to here to here, all to, all connected by emotion, never forgetting things, right? Like, you know, the past and such is always present and how men have this glorious nothing box mm -hmm. where they're just like, it's their favorite place. And they love to even do nothing. Where like a woman's like, a man doing nothing? Here, you must do something here. <laughs> and he's like, but I like doing nothing. So which is why um, so we're so a different. lot of the habits. Yeah, a lot of the habits that men and women have. Like I we my wife and I found out we're wired the opposite in a lot of those areas. She's got the nothing box. And I'm the one that's got all the connections and just never stops. But in the end, that may be a little bit true. In the end, she is still so female and I'm so male. I just don't necessarily have that kind of wiring. And that's where I think we're into a mess in our culture right now, where it's this is male and this is female. And it's like, there's so many versions of us. Like I can look at myself and she can look at herself and go, I'm broken. As I think I've seen on your website a lot. No, you're not broken. You need to learn how you're wired. And then this, so like even embodiment is learning more about yourself well actually i would say it's more about learning practices that so practice, calm so the actual, mind this is practice skills yeah I love just that. like people you people learn yoga they yeah. learn um meditation they learn breath work because yeah. being relaxed and not distracted uh, is a practice it, it takes some it takes some effort to, to learn to be, if you, assuming you, that you are a person that is of a distracted mind, mm -hmm. to learn to calm yourself. And this carries over to all areas of your life, right? So, so um, 
there's a whole field now called positive psychology that I uh, have studied, which is typical, you know, traditional psychology has always been focused on the, you know, mental illness, yeah. suffering, pain, problems, you know, often focusing on the past. Correct. Marriage counseling is what your partner, right? Yeah. And, and the new field of positive psychology is, okay, what about taking individuals that are mentally healthy, but that want happier lives. They want more well-being, more resilience, uh, more joy. And so they've actually been studying, it started in the Ivy League only about 15 years ago, the science of well-being. And it would include things like you know, breathing, you know, breath work to calm your nervous system within just a few breaths. Yep. You know, I invite people listening to just like take a breath or two. <laughs> Yeah. And I should do it myself as I'm talking a mile a minute here. <laughs> and notice that within just a few breaths, you can calm your nervous system down. So um, in positive psychology, also like thinking positive thoughts, like about gratitude, like my life might not be perfect, but dang, look at all these things I have. Oh, that look how safe yeah. I am in this moment. I mean, bad things are happening somewhere else in the world, but you know what? I'm really safe right now. My spouse is also like they may have left their socks on the floor but they're really wonderful in all of these areas right? right so it's like you you by focusing on the positive you create a happier life you create more resilience too to, for life's downturns and such and with, with embodiment you mentioned mindful the mindfulness the meditation breath work um and and those tend to meditation tends to be more in the head but the breath work is very much about your body needs to be able to, to calm down, but so does your mind. So it's kind of, again, both and. So being embodied, as in being present, what are some other skills that you actually kind of go into with this, with embodiment? Um, sound. Okay. You know, sound also relaxes you and puts you into pleasure, like maybe like um, a guided meditation that we, okay, so let's say I would teach my woman and my gal a guided meditation and we make a recording of it so she could listen to it on her own. So I like, I'm a big multitasker. So even in my embodiment exercises, I tend to do multitasking, right? So most of us can't meditate very well. It's hard. I mean, the point of meditating is actually to clear the mind, you know, like thoughts come in and you just push them aside and just return to breath, right? Push these thoughts aside, like they are clouds on a summer day and return to just focus on kind of breathing and presence and nothing. So, um, so let's say I was to do a guided meditation for her. Well, I would have her breathe because it calms her nervous system. And then you would breathe deeply so that enough that you feel your belly rise and fall, right? Because breathing, most of us breathe shallowly Correct. Yeah. all the time. Well, then, because I like to multitask and turn this into a sexual exercise, <laughs> let's bring this breath all the way in so that it fills our pelvic bowl, mm -hmm. our pelvic floor, and we kind of notice it, right? And you can really, you notice it, you know, does the breath have a temperature? Does it have a energy and yeah. such? So you breathe, so breathing is a way to put you into a relaxed state. I mean, you can actually get into an aroused state right. just from some breathing exercises. And then you might add some sounds or words like, I love you, right? I, 
were words of like, I love you or mm-hmm is the sound I like. Mm-hmm <laughs> kind of vibrates. It says yes. And it says mm-hmm good. Yeah. So and you mentioned um, the you mentioned the meditation though. You mentioned emptying your mind. And that's where I think a lot of Christians go, no, 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 you can't do that. But I love the way that you worded what you just said. You empty your mind, but you really don't. You focus it. You focus it on the breathing and on what I'm feeling. You mentioned when you push that down, you focus on the temperature of of that and the feeling of pushing that breath down deep. I love that because if not careful as Christians, I see us kind of dismissing certain tools because of the potential connection to something that we don't even know really what it is. It's almost like it's foreign versus no, these are truly tried and true tools that allow us to connect to our body, to calm our minds down, to really get our body. And as you said, actually fully bring ourselves to a place of arousal, which is that prep work um, to then enter into that time with your husband. That's actually beautiful. But a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is focus. It is actually then calm. Yeah, I I don't see why. I mean, there is, because these do come out of the East, Eastern traditions, Mm -hmm. and and maybe that's why there's might be some skepticism about them because of the origins. And, um, but transcendental meditation has no religious connotation whatsoever. It's been scientifically proven you know, I like science. The science of positive psychology is not yeah. just about raw, raw positive thinking. It's actually science <laughs> yeah. behind it. So, um, you know, right. and it's nice foreign, because it's been studied. Right. Anything mm-hmm. foreign, we tend to be to, to be afraid of at times. But also when there's been certain things tied to it, which is, uh, that's sad. That's why this is an important conversation, I believe, for us to really go, wait a minute, that embodiment piece, I believe what I've seen with Christian couples over 22 years of working with people we ignore it. It's like we're a body separate that, or the body is separate. And it's like, no, when your mental health is not okay, it affects your physical health. When, when your physical health is not okay, it affects your mental health. When your spiritual health is not okay, it affects all those others. And there's such a, it's all connected. So I believe this is probably one of the most important skills of to how do I know my body and actually give a, give it the time of day, care about it give some attention here to these skills that we're talking about here. And then that next one, number six, I think it is we're at what's number six. Cause that's sexual to... fitness. I have sexual fitness on there, yeah, which is a lot of women experience pain, yes. right? So, Dude. so how do you get rid of pain during sex? Of course, the number, you know, if there's not something that the doctor has physically found wrong with you, the number yeah, one cause thing. of unexplained pain is you're just not turned on. Correct. Number one is get get checked out. That almost always, from what I've seen, yields to be fine. Yep. So the number one you said is what again? You're not turned on. Exactly. You're not ready. Your body is saying, well, wait a minute. Yeah, so true. So, so important. Mm -hmm. So that means there needs to be attention placed on the, it's back to the embodiment and also knowing your body and then the, the prepping prepping your body for something that's actually supposed to be a good thing. That's yeah. Really and that goes back to the time. Take your time. Yeah. It's not unusual to take 20 minutes or more for a woman's body to get aroused. Pre- premature penetration is the top source of pain. Yes, it is. Which is and then it's so ironic. 
Because I think most men are good men, right? And they would like more than anything else for their woman to enjoy making love to them mm-hmm. that he would, unless he's completely addled by overporning. Correct. He would slow it down and enjoy touching her body and turning her on and learning what it, what appeals to her. But if she doesn't know herself and she doesn't know that this is the reason she doesn't enjoy sex, then she, been you kind of have to be the guide. Right. And if he's been trained like from porn or even just society, a lot of it is just, and I see this again with a lot of couples, a lot of newly married couples. It's a disconnection because he's supposed to know it all and he doesn't, she's supposed to know and she doesn't. And so they're lost and they don't even know. This is why someone like you, um, someone to turn to, to go, I have some questions because this is a very personal, sensitive topic. And I, what I see is a lot of people just suffer. They don't turn to help. They don't turn to guidance. And oftentimes it's not this huge mountain that needs to be, get climbed over to fix. It's something really small oftentimes. And even those listening, you think through these six things, we got one more left, but these six things so far, I bet you one of them stands out more than others as to how I need some work there. I need to work on that. Yeah, even people with good sex lives could get better. Absolutely, yes. You know, (laughs) because even good is going to get boring over decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, it's it's hard to keep this up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to keep up uh, this kind of lovemaking and connection without conscious effort. Mm -hmm. Which that last one ties into that. Number seven. Creativity. Yes. Yeah, creativity. Exactly. So spice it up. So mix it up. It's also about the emotions that you want to feel. So Mm -hmm. it's not just about positions, Right. It's that it's because it's a, a connection and a bonding experience. What emotions do you want to feel? I love, there's a, a, a great quote on sex is not a thing you do. It's a place you go. Love that. Yes. It's a place you go. So what that's do you want to feel? Do you want to feel yeah. playful sometimes? Do you want to feel powerful? Do you want to feel cherished, yes. naughty, adored? You know, let's play with let's play with the emotions you want to experience. Love that. That's such a great focus. Because a lot of time people get focused on doing it in places that are more ris- risky or the positions. And in that they lose the person because they get so focused on performance they lose the person. This is not about performance. This is, I love the connection to the, back to the emotional. Connected to the emotional, creativity can be almost unlimited. Yeah. And then there's the added layer as, as we get older, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, like 50% of men in their fifties have erectile dysfunction, 60% in their sixties. If we always do the same old, you know, penis centric sex, you know, we need to be more explorers together to be able to keep the lovemaking going on. Because what happens is often at that point is like, huh, sex is just turned off the end. And Correct. then there's this, all this rejection and lost opportunity. It's, it's back to number one, knowledge. Knowing that this is going to be a part of aging. <laughs> like mm-hmm. then you can learn to expect that as we get older, oh, that's a natural thing to happen as I'm getting older as or stress from work or other kinds of triggers erectile dysfunction is actually normal. We've made it into a disorder, which is what I don't like about most of the sexual disorders. It's like, no, these are actually quite normal and very easily overcomable. Like they can be, um, you can be taught how to 
cities. I was uh, I was interviewed on a podcast a few weeks ago called Men's Sexual Health mm-hmm. by a doctor, an MD who specializes in helping men with erectile dysfunction. And she says she had me on the show because she says curing the blood flow issue is the easy part. You know, mostly she tries to you do it without pills because Correct. pills create a dependency and then they so stop true. working. Yes. So and then true. they st- eventually stop working. So they work for a good long time, probably, but they stop working. And yeah. so, and you know, and of course it's an expense and it's a drug and it's all these other things. So she helps cure men. And it's usually, I hate to say it, but it's a lot of lifestyle, Correct. you know, a lot of really lack is. of fitness causing this, the medications the man is on, you know, so there's a lifestyle changes and such um, diet, exercise, you know, maybe testosterone, but the point is that she makes is that about 50% is the, is getting the erection, but 50% is what's going on in his head and then in his relationship. Yep. Does his relationship feel unsafe? Has his woman ever shamed him about this issue? Sure. You know, or did they fight all the time and he's afraid it will get used against right. him? Right. Uh, are they bored? Is she like so grateful that he no longer pesters her for sex that she shows no desire for him? Because, you know, you need desire to get aroused as a man. So, you know, what can she do to turn on her desire? And maybe Ooh. she needs to do steps one through six. You know? Oh, I love those. And those are just layers of really important things that you just outlined there. So important. It's Uh, the complicated thing. It is, which actually comes back around to, it requires relationship. This isn't something we just do. We've act like it is something you just go do. And then we almost teach teenagers to go just, well, they're just gonna go, no, this is something you, you are with someone else. And when you are with someone else over a long period of time, it gets more and more and more beautiful but yes, it takes intentionality. It takes planning. It takes knowledge. It takes these focusing on the right things. It isn't something that just you flip a switch and just all of a sudden it's there and it works great. And it's worth it. You so, know, people invest so much money into their education, into their finances, into their career, all this time and effort, when really what could be more fulfilling to you, bring you more joy than your intimate relationship? And how much effort do people really put into making that fabulous? Yes. Well, it's even like I was thinking of marriage. You think of how many, how much we spend on a, on the wedding alone. That's the first, that's day, day, what? Not even one, it's day zero. <laughs> um, how much are you going to spend on the marriage? On actually, you know what? You need to learn to fight better. You need to learn to um, handle and deal with in-laws or deal with differences you're two very different people coming in together. There's a lot of learning to do. And so how important that is and to have grace, goodness gracious. We act like we're supposed to just have it all together or know it all. Having grace is so critical. Nice. Yeah. Most people, they spend a lot of money on the wedding and then don't invest in their marriage, you know, financially again until the divorce. (laughs) That's yeah. That's not something I would want anyone to go to. I'll go through no now, no it says can be reversed this list that you that we just kind of went through it's on your website moreintimacy.net and if you go to mm-hmm. moreintimacy.net um you can book a call you can book a, a consult and, and get to know um debbie a little bit and learn more about yourself there's yeah. a quiz that and there's a quiz the, the quiz will pinpoint which of these areas Good. you know okay. which is your top need is your top need that you're up in your head or that you feel insecure about your your body or your relationship you know yeah and then i love so, yeah. looking at the love tips the different stories 
there's just so much there for people to to spend some time just learning from what you've already done but then also what you do is work pe work with people to help discover more about which of these areas and you work with women correct i work with women yes. yeah women that are listening this this is so important to invest in this and to be make sure this is something that you're actually actually really comfortable with so that this is what i believe we spend a lot of energy when it's something that's stressful and or not liked or tolerated versus it doesn't take as much energy when we actually learn to love it. It's a good part of us. It's a, an important part of us, but it doesn't take as much energy when we actually put it, I believe, in the right place and when it comes to the, the couple relationship. It takes more energy to stress about it and almost reject it than it does to actually lean in and really enjoy. Part of that involves discovering more about yourself. Here's why I can work with the woman only. I mean, if a, if a couple really wanted to work with me as a couple, that could be, uh, you know, something discussed. But here's the woman has so much power to set the tone of the relationship to create a loving dynamic, assuming she married a good guy, right? Who's not struggling with, you know, addictions or other things that, oh, you know, so assuming she married a good guy. When she starts showing up as his girlfriend again, the one, the gal he fell in love with, you know, energetically, right? Time has changed. We don't look the same necessarily. But when she shows up happy, less stress, in a good mood, uh, she draws her man towards her. He so wants true. to be with you. <laughs> when you start treating him with like this respect that he's craving and understanding, you know, showing him the gratitude, he starts looking for ways to please you. Yes. you know? So true. <laughs> I love that. And so, then rocking each other's world in the bedroom. Now you're in this good lover's <laughs> mood space together. I love that. She yeah. has so much power to change the dynamic of the relationship. Love Even that. if there's already a lot of conflict, you don't have to go to every fight you're invited to. How to defuse conflict. Oh, and that's the number one prior to the wedding where you can see, look at how you handle conflict, not the topics, but how you handle it can really much predict how that marriage is going to go. And that's a, an important piece to learn how to engage well when it comes to the differences and be curious, be open, be teachable. Someone who's not teachable is not someone you really want to be around in the end um, because it's, it's, you're arrogant in that place, which is scary. And a lot of conflict is misunderstandings, just so really true. misunderstandings. He said, she said, and you know, they interpreting. They, yeah. Uh -oh. It's we, we view the world differently through our, you know, different colored masculine, feminine yes. uh, glasses. And, I, you know, it's almost taboo to even say this now in our gender neutralized yeah. society. It's kind of taboo to even say this. But yet that, that is often the case is you can't treat your man like your girlfriend and get the best out of him. Right. Right. Correct. You also, he can't perceive his wife as like mothering him uh, because that kills the erotic desire between the two of you. True. Yeah. Well, Debbie, it's been wonderful talking. I actually would love to continue this conversation in the future. This is so helpful, so good, so important. Um, and those listening, moreintimacy.net, you can go and see a lot of what she's doing in her work, but also book a call and um, get some help because this is a really, really important area to actually really invest in. Um, and I, I promise you it'll change your life, your marriage, um, your stress level. This is a really important part of the us of how God created us. 
So thank you, Debbie, for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.